This will be part four of our probability notes. Conditional probability rule, that's where we're going to start. Uh, I'm going to start by, by reading it to you, sort of translating. So when you see this slash, that's read as the probability of F given E. So note to self, that slash right there, you can translate as given. So it looks like the probability of F slash E. So the probability of F given E. Um, is equal to the probability of E and F, meaning intersect, right, divided by the probability of E alone. Um, you can also um, look at it as the number of elements in the intersection of E and F divided by the number of elements in, in set E. For the purposes of this course, we'll be dealing with it like this, as we're going to see in a moment. So again, I'm just going to kind of write that. And so the probability of, in real time, so the probability of F given E is equal to the probability of E intersect F divided by the probability of E alone. So pattern recognition, notice whatever follows the slash is what goes in the denominator of your fraction when you go to, when you go to set this up. So, all right. Um, easiest thing I can say is, you know, we can call this the conditional probability rule. So, you know, we read, we said we could read that slash as the word given, but we could also read that slash as the words conditioned upon. So the probability of F conditioned upon the fact that E has already occurred, uh, conditioned upon the fact that, you know, something has already happened, right? So um, easiest thing I can say is when you're looking for conditional probability, you're shrinking the sample space. So you're no longer looking at the larger, it's like, let's just think easy before we do a problem. It's like a deck of cards, right? 52 cards. And then if I ask you, if I have a card behind my back and I ask you, um, what is the probability that it's a spade? You know, you'd say 13 out of 52. But then conditional probability means given that I tell you something more about that card, do you change your answer to the question of, you know, the probability of it being a spade? So, okay, so now given that I tell you that it's a black card, now what's the probability that it's a spade? So spade, given that you know that it's black, well, let's see, 50% of the, half of the deck is black, right? So um, 26 cards are, are black. And then how many of those are, are spades? Um, 13, ah, gee, so well, 13 out of 26 is clearly a different decimal, a different probability, um, you know, than if you, so means conditioned upon the fact that you know something about it, what, do the answers change? So when you're looking to see if two events are, are um, dependent or independent or not. So I didn't ask that question yet, but if I said is the probability of selecting a, a spade independent of the probability of selecting a black card, uh, that means, you know, conditioned upon the fact that you know something about that, would you would you change your answer? So what, well, let's dive right in, okay, to the practice. Hopefully it'll make a little more sense in a moment. So here we have a contingency table. Um, remember that a contingency table is just a fancy way of saying a two-way table, a table with row, multi-rows, multi-columns, right? So sometimes you'll hear that referred to as a two-way, two-way table. 
Uh, so here we have believe it, your beliefs in God. So believe in God, believe in some sort of universal spirit, or don't believe in either. Um, and then we have different areas of the of the U.S., East, Midwest, etc. So these are your row variables, just to get used to the language. These are your row variables. And your column variables would be your various beliefs in God. So what is the probability that a randomly selected adult American who lives in the East believes in God? So we're going to translate this. Well, <laughs> here I have the answer. Um, but I kind of gave it away there, but who lives in the East, that means you already know they live in the East. So we translate this to mean what's the probability uh, that someone believes in God given, given that you already know they live in the East, right? So believes in God given that you already know they live in the East. Well, for starters, I'm just going to try to use that formula that we talked about a moment ago, and I'm going to lay that out. Um, so that would, according to the formula, that would be the probability that somebody believes in God, I'm going to use G, intersect with the probability that they live in the East over the probability that they live in the East. Okay, I'm using G's and E's for God and East, respectively. Okay, well, let's just try to lay that out. So let's look in the denominator. So what's the probability of selecting someone that lives in the East, period, right? So I look at all the, and you got to get your, you got to go after your row totals and your column totals because they didn't um, do it for you. So I did want to mention that. So I'm actually going to, I'm actually going to hit pause as, as you go ahead and go after those, get your, all your row totals and your column totals. I'm going to hit pause. All right, so hopefully you, you took a moment to do yours and we're matching. Uh, something I wanted to highlight here, when you get your column totals and when you get your uh, row totals, notice this is the grand sample space. So that number there then, the one you can check that your, you know, all of your, the summation of all of your row totals, summation of all of your column totals is the same, right? So the 1017 is the number of people, that's the people in your sample space or the number of people polled or surveyed in this case. Um, number, so number of people uh, polled or surveyed. Bear that in mind, right? So now let's go back to um, this question of believe in God given that you live in the East. So let's look at, you know, what's the probability that somebody lives in the East? So I'm gonna grab a yellow highlighter here. So all the people that live in the East, that's a 255, right? But 255 out of the grand sample space, which is 1017. Okay, so you've got a 255 out of 1017 chance uh, that somebody, a randomly selected person lives in the East. Now, remember this symbol here is read as intersection, right? So what's the probability that somebody believes in God and simultaneously lives in the East. So with that, I'll grab a, um, let's say a orange highlighter. Okay, believes in God and simultaneously, so here's, here's believes in God and simultaneously lives in the East. Aha, that's these people, 204, out of the grand sample space. 
So 204, so you have a 204 out of 1017 chance of selecting somebody, you know, that believes in God and simultaneously lives in the East. But now if you look at that, that's a complex fraction, right? 204 over 1017 divided by 255 over 1017. So those 1017s are going to cancel, long story short. And you're just going to be left with, you're just going to be left with 204 over 255. So now the question is, I have the answer in here as, as 0.8. So let's go ahead and type that out, 204 out of 255. I'll type that out with you. 204 out of 255. And my uh, Zoom picture might be covering up the output, but we can do that. And voila, 0.8. So that's where that 0.8 answer came from for part A, okay? So you can you can lay that out, you know, the way I did, sort of formulaic approach. Um, but if you think about it, believes in God, given that you live in the East. So you could immediately, just a thought note to self, you could immediately shrink the sample space to only, so just logically, you know that when you see that conditional probability, whatever follows the word given, you're shrinking the sample space to only those that live in the East, which would be 255 in the denominator then in the end. So here, you know, we did it this whole way where the complex fraction cleaned up and we landed there, but some people could land there with common sense <laughs> is what I'm getting. So, um, okay, let's try the other way around. What is the probability that a randomly selected adult American who believes in God lives in the East. They're spinning it the other way. So now we translate who believes in God. That means you already know they believe in God. So now we translate the probability that somebody lives in the East, given, given that they believe in God. Well, now I'm just going to take this more common sense approach. So we were already given that they believe in God. So we're going to shrink the sample space to only those that believe in God. So if we shrink it to, to only those that believe in God, that's the seven, uh, 787. And then those living in the East of, of that pool, if you will, is the 204. Well, the answer key, you know, has a decimal. So let's type that out. Let's see if 204 over 787 is that decimal. 204 over 787 and rounded, you know, 0.259. So rounded to 0.26 and voila, we got it. So, you know, we can take that, you know, common sense approach and say, oh, Okay, if, if we already know they believe in God, we're shrinking the sample space down to 787. Um, all right, hope that helps. Those can be conditional probabilities can be a little catchy with the linguistics. Um, we have another contingency table here. The following data represent political party by age for some Iowa voters. Um, okay, so we have different age groups up against um, Republican and Democrat. Now this question of independence, are the events being Republican and being of a certain age group independent? Well, off on the side here, I have um, the test for independence. If the probability of, so if, I'm just gonna write this in 
my writing here, if the probability of A given B is equal to the probability of A alone, then events A and B are independent. So I can't just give it a yay or a nay willy-nilly. I have to run the math. So, all right. So I'm going to translate. Is the probability of being Republican given, you know, that I'm of that certain age, given that I'm of that age group, equal to the probability of being a Republican alone? And this is a, you know, a question. So for part A, I'm just going to put that here. I'm going to run that here. So they say, okay, well, what's the probability of selecting a Republican, period? So luckily they have the rows, the totals here for us. So total Republicans is a 2,200, right? So I have a 2,200 out of the sample space, out of 4,000 chance of selecting a Republican. I'm just going to put here, Repub, right? It's probability versus, versus what's the probability of, of selecting a Republican given that they're of a certain age group, given that they're of a certain age group. So whatever follows the word given, you shrink the sample space to that age group. Okay, so there's only 724 of that age group. And, you know, how many of them are Republican? 340, right? So we're, we're analyzing, are those two probabilities the same? Is this mathematically equivalent to this? So note to self, are those probabilities equal? You know, so I'm just gonna um, type that out on my handheld here. Um, so 2,200 divided by 4,000 is something. And then I'm gonna type out 340 divided by 724, which is clearly not the same, right? They're not the same decimal. So are the events uh, independent? No, because those decimals note to self, they're not equal. If they would have come to be equal, we could have stamped those um, as independent events. So are, so this will be a no, those are not, so not equal, therefore not independent. We will not stamp those as independent events, okay? But let's try again with the next one. Are the events being a Democrat and being of a certain age group independent? Again, I don't know until I run the math. So I'm going to translate. Is the probability of being a Dem given that you're of that age group equal to the probability of being a Dem alone? <laughs> so now what I want to do is I say, okay, what's the probability of selecting a Democrat? Well, I see there's 1,800. I'll highlight in a different color. I see there's 1,800 total Democrats, right? So I've got an 1,800 out of 4,000 chance of, of selecting a Democrat versus Democrat given that the person is 65 plus. So given that they're 65 plus, meaning I'm shrinking the sample space to only looking at that age group, that's 1020. And then of those, how many are Democrats? That's 459. Now I want to type those decimals out and see what I get. So this comes to be 0.45 versus, now I'm going to type out 1800 divided by 4,000. Aha, 
also comes to be 0.45. Those decimals are the same. Therefore, we can stamp those events as being independent, which basically means you can use the multiplication rule uh, for independent events what, if you're looking for the intersection of two of those two events of being Democrat and uh, 65 plus. But hold that thought. So we just want to know, can they be, are they considered independent events or is there some sort of a dependence relation? So note to self, since these are equal, they are independent. So this is a yes. When it said justify your answer, are these independent? This is a yes. Um, they are considered independent events. And sometimes it's important to know, you know, whether there's some sort of dependency relation or not. Um, we're not going to go much deeper than that at the moment, just giving it a yay or a nay using the test for independence. Um, all right, let's keep rolling along here. Um, the general multiplication rule says that the, the probability of E and F can be read as intersection. is the probability of E times um, the probability of F given E. But if you think about it logically, that's just an offshoot of the conditional probability rule. It's just a rearranging of the conditional probability rule that we just learned. So I'm just going to do a little sidebar here. Um, we know that the probability from earlier that the probability of F given E is equal to the probability of F intersect E divided by the probability of E alone. So if you just use a little algebra, you know, to cross multiply and isolate the intersection symbol, then you're developing that rule naturally. Then you're saying, okay, well then the probability of E times the probability of F given that E has occurred is equal to the intersection. And that's basically what this is saying. Okay, in words, the probability of E and F is the probability of event E occurring times the probability of event F occurring uh, given the occurrence of event E. That's kind of a mouthful, but let's start to look at things symbolically so we can figure out how to plug and chug and, some, and you're watching this in real time. Okay, so I'm gonna translate here. The probability, I'm gonna rewrite it. The probability of A given B, they're telling us is 0.3. They're telling us the probability of event A is 0.02. They're telling us the probability of event B is uh, 0.7. And then they're saying to find, this is symbolic reasoning, right? To find the probability of A intersect B. So this is what we need to find. Well, in these kind of problems where you, know, you don't have a contingency table, you don't have something real world, it's abstract thinking, it's formulaic thinking, I always say, just try to find a formula that relates those pieces of the puzzle. Do you have a formula that relates the conditional to the intersection? You do, right? But you have to recite it in the proper way, right? So we know, I'm just gonna say here, recall, Recall that the probability of A given B is equal to the probability of A intersect B, according to the law, right? Divided by the probability of B alone. And we had talked about that earlier, that whatever follows the slash, you know, goes in the denominator. Well, what I like about these problems is if you simply plug and chug in the things that you know, and then solve for the thing you don't know. 
right? So did they give me the probability of A given B? They did. Did they give me the probability of A intersect B? No, they want me to find it. And whatever you want to find in algebra is, is X, right? Did they give me the probability of B alone? They did. In fact, they actually gave me too much information on purpose, like they do on the SAT sometimes. So I don't need the probability of A. That's kind of like a trick, right? Or I don't need it. I just need the probability of B. I need to plug and chug it in. Now I can note to self-solve for the missing components, solve for X. So we're just going to cross multiply 0.3 times 0.7 is 0.21. So 0.21 then is the probability of A intersect B. Um, sidebar, sidebar. Some people say, nah, -uh, I thought, you know, here's where some people goof. Some people say, nah, -uh, I thought the probability of A intersect B I'm going to write here, beware. You know, some people say, isn't it probability of A times the probability of B? No, because we can only use the probability of A times the probability of B when we know the events are independent. And we know these events are not independent. Sidebar, these events we know from the gate are not independent because the probability of A given B does not equal the probability of A alone, right? So from the gate, probability of A given B, you know, was 0.3. And from the gate, the probability of event A was 0.02. So I say that the probability of A was given for no reason, wasn't given for no good reason. It, it, you can verify then with the test of independence that we cannot treat events A and events B as independent events, because the probability of event A given B does not equal the probability of A alone. So we know from the gate that they're not independent. Um, therefore, we cannot take uh, the probability of A times the probability of B to get the intersection, to get the probability of A intersect B. That would be illegal, right? Eh, can't do that. So, so for me to, I had to solve for the intersection, right? I had to recall the law that relates uh, conditional probabilities, plug and chug everything in and solve for the missing component. So um, I would say this, this last segment here on conditional probability, you know, is going to take some practice. It can be a sticky one for students. Um, let's see if that's as, yeah. So that's as far as we had to get on, on that. Um, podcast. I'll leave you with that one hanging right there if you need to hit rewind. Uh, look out for more coming your way, though, with just practice problems on probability. Good luck out there.